to the very first episode of Life Curious Women, where you will find honest conversations exploring women's experiences learning, growing, and healing. I'm your host, Ashley Nadine Lopez, and I'm super excited for you to join our collective learning experience. For today, we have our first guest, Emily Lyons, who shares her journey with balancing her creative painting career with a traditional corporate nine to five. We typically think we have to choose, but Emily broke that mold and proved everyone wrong. Take a listen. Hi, Emily. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you. So excited to be here. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, of course. So I figured we would just like dive in. Basically, I'm always interested to hear what how people describe themselves. Just like there's sort of like one liner when you first meet someone, like, oh, like what do you do? Or like, who are you? So how would you describe yourself when you introduce yourself? Oh man, this is tough. This is tough. Let me think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah take your time. I would describe myself as um a creative who sort of specializes in um visual identity and in effective communications so um i kind of pair that with my personal life with my professional life and then with my passion um i'm super uh dedicated to my art and to kind of visual arts in general but then also taking that and applying it to uh, my professional life and my career in marketing so yeah i think that's a perfect summary because that's why I was so excited to talk to you because I feel like you're in a really unique situation where you are still pursuing like your creative artistic side while pursuing like a more corporate like quote-unquote traditional career and I just think that's like such a hard balance because and also I think it's you didn't really put yourself in a box which I think in general we're told like oh you can either be the like starving artist or be the like you know super professional office nine to five you know graduate school Mm -hmm. but you didn't decide any of that you were like nope I'm gonna do both I'm gonna do a little bit of both. Yeah, which I think is like amazing. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about like the beginning stages? So like, you know, college and then eventually like entering the workforce and then how that how that like if there was ever a crossroad of like, should I pursue art or should I do this? Or was that never like a crossroad for you? Oh, it definitely was. This has not been an easy journey and it's still not an easy journey. Um, I, yes, I started um, doing art back in high school. I, my um, high school, we were fortunate enough that we had a ton of outside organizations that 
approached uh, the school and gave kind of outside opportunities and after school programs, that sort of thing. And there was a nonprofit here in Boston uh, called Artists for Humanity, which I attribute to all of my success, such a great organization. Essentially what they do is they provide um, teens in the Boston area, predominantly from low income backgrounds or from um, just the general metropolitan area that go to public uh, high schools, uh, the opportunity to be employed and work in the arts. Oh, wow. what the yeah it's really awesome they get a ton of donations and grants both from the state and from outside organizations to essentially pay high school kids to not only learn but also apply art so I interviewed for artists for humanity I believe I was a sophomore in high school I got selected at first I wanted to do photography so I was like all about like hey, I wanted to do photography. I had never like drawn in my life or painted. It was not my thing. I was so convinced, you know, these were the days where like you're on MySpace taking photos or whatever. <laughs> and like the first entry of Facebook. And so I was so like, I want to do photography. But when I got interviewed, they told me essentially you complete 30 hours of apprenticeship in their painting studios. So they offer uh, painting, uh, photography, graphic design, screen printing, sculpture, and um, there's one other. I'm blanking now, but they offer a ton of different sort of functions of art that you could go and be a part of. And they have mentors that essentially teach the high schoolers, you know, that, uh, skill and then you go on and you get to work for them and so they said everyone starts off in the painting studio so you're going to do 30 hours in the painting studio and then you can go off and you can decide which actual studio you want to be a part of and I'm like okay I don't really like that idea but all right so I get hired I go into the studio and there are about 80 other children or not children 80 other high schoolers that are in this studio and they're all painting and a ton of them are like extremely talented like we're talking just some of the most amazing artists in the city and they said all right you're gonna go and you're gonna do a self-portrait they handed me a mirror I had my mentors were great um kind of gave me the basic fundamentals of how uh, to do a self-portrait I started my self-portrait I spent over three weeks on it And we went three days after school um, and we were there from uh, four to eight every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I spent, I'm talking hours upon hours on this piece. I finished the piece. My mentor says, okay, great. And then he goes over it with a white brush and covers everything. And I'm like, what? He's like, okay, start over. And it was the most like humbling experience because I was like this, you know, straight A student, a ton of extracurricular. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is something that I found that like, I actually am not good at. I know it's like, like, oh man, I'm not good at this. And so completely defeated, I was like, oh, this is kind of crazy. I don't know if I want to be here anymore. <laughs> but then they, um, they kind of convinced me to keep going. And so I kept going I fell really in love with it because I found myself like progressing and actually you know doing well and I I started picking up skills from other artists in the studio and I was like oh my gosh I really like this and so after my apprenticeship is when you start getting paid um, so you get paid minimum wage um, and it's the same hours and 
after that, they're like, you know, you have the option now to go and interview for the photography studio if that's what you want to do. And I'm like, no, I, th- I think I want to stay here. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. And so I created uh, personal relationships with my mentors. Um, I got the opportunity to do a ton of murals around the Boston area um, in my hometown. It was just incredible. And then my, so that all happened towards the end of my sophomore year of high school was kind of when I had this light bulb go off in my head that maybe I could do art. And then my senior year, I had to apply to schools and, you know, I had my parents saying, no, 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 no. (laughs) Art school, that's not the way to go. We're not going to support that. You, you know, I did AP, IB classes or like all of this for what, like you need to go to, um, you know, university and you need to, you know, do a business major or do, do a marketing major. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I ended up going to Pace. (laughs) (laughs) And when I got to Pace my freshman year, I like, as soon as I got to Brooklyn, I'm telling you, I completely changed as a person. I got the opportunity to um, intern at a gallery um, in Brooklyn. And I was like, this is actually what I want to do. This is, I want to go to art school. So I actually applied to transfer out of Pace. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was ready to leave Pace. I wanted to go to a a college here in Boston called Mass Art. And I applied and then, um, over like we had a short uh winter break when we went home for winter break and I was like okay I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna go to Mass Art I'm gonna leave Pace I'm gonna go to Mass Art but then again my parents came back and said no 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 let's rethink this rethink this and they're like well what if you combined like business with art what if you tried to do both like how how could you mix the two because ultimately you need if you want to in any way succeed and, and, and make a living off of this, you kind of need to understand how you make a living off of this, right? right. And how do you um, make money from your art? And so either way, going to school for business won't do any harm. You just have to find a way to, to do both. So in high school, I mean, in college, I ended up all of the internship experience I was asked to take on. I did at nonprofit art arts organizations. Yeah. So I ended up my sophomore year deciding to major in economics. I had a huge passion for it. Um, and I, I just loved getting into kind of the, the, the real, you know, the real and raw of capitalism. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So I was majoring in, in economics and I was also interning at nonprofit arts organizations. So I, interned at an organization called Project Sunshine, which essentially they um, they provide art curriculum and art activities to um, long-term children in hospitals. So think of long-term cancer patients that are in the hospital for maybe six months at a time, and they need some type of activity, some type of stimulation. I would go in for three, four hours with that patient, and I would sit there and I would do an art activity with them, and it would completely change their day. Sometimes we would do group activities or uh, corporate activities where we worked with um, uh, corporations to essentially put together kits to then send off to these children to do the kits while they're in their um, hospital bed. So 
it was super rewarding. And that's where I found like, you can actually make a difference with art and you like, there are legitimate organizations that are, you know, employing people to produce art curriculum to um, give that art intelligence. And so it was super rewarding for me. And then I went on um, to intern at another organization called Free Arts NYC. And essentially they provide um, arts curriculum, arts after school programs. Um, they do weekend events where basically they work with uh, children that go to low income public schools, predominantly elementary schools and they provide arts after school programs. That's the majority of what they do. And I had the opportunity to uh, co-student teach in Harlem after school. Um, I taught a group of third graders. Um, it was so rewarding. I loved every minute of it. Um, and I, it, I, that's when I really knew that I, I wasn't going to let go of art. Like I, there was some way that I could do it with, you know, everything else I was doing as it related to economics. And so while I was doing these internships, I was also painting in my spare time. I was also doing uh, gallery shows in my own time and trying to work all of it together. And I was fortunate that my senior year, I actually got an internship with my current company. Um, and my they were a group of the people I worked with were at the time were super open to my background and um they kind of found out early on when I started producing work that there was a creative spin to everything I did like simple like tasks I would you know go above and beyond visually and I had the opportunity to become the chief of staff to the SVP of our global accounts and in that role I got to do a ton of executive presentations and my job was primarily to make things look good <laughs> and right. to, yeah, and to take data and make it digestible. And the way you make it digestible is make it visually appealing. So I found a way to kind of like twist it all. Sure. Yeah. Let me ask you, so when you were, when you applied to that internship, mm -hmm. how in the interview process, how did you translate your nonprofit work into skills that you could utilize in that internship that's a really good question I um I took a big spin I guess when for my internship I would the role was um essentially a project manager for a global accounts organization and trying to progress economic development and what my company does is they are a technology company and essentially they they own majority of the network in the world. So you think about um, farmland locations that don't have internet, mm -hmm. that need internet. My company helps to provide that. And so I was kind of, I, I approached it from the sense of, I didn't even, I think, talk about my creativity at the time. I just talked about like, oh, um, I have, you know, global experience. I have, you know, studied abroad. I, you know, I, I had also worked for the Trade Commission of Peru. And I was like, oh, and then here's all of the, like, things I produced. Here's all of the creative work I've done, the, the, the reports I've done. I did, this is so random, but I did like a export report on uh, alpaca in Peru. 
basically I had to present on why Peruvian manufacturers should export more to New York. And I gave them, I literally went into Saks Fifth Avenue and I was price tagging alpaca sweaters and stuff to then go back to the Peruvian manufacturers and say, hey, this is the, the price point. Here's the demand. Here's the consumption levels. And I put together kind of this whole presentation with visuals. And that's what I presented for the internship for my company now. And it was like, okay, we, we get it. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, right. So then, okay, so now fast forward, you, mm -hmm. you're graduating, and do you feel like at this point you were like, I don't know what to do, or were you like, no, I'm going to work for my, my company, I'm going to continue doing the, my art, yeah. uh, what was that like? So my senior year, I was, I had already been interning them, I I started interning with them over the summer before my senior year started and they were offering really good pay. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it was like yeah. one of those internships that was paying like 22 an hour. Wow. And you were like, yeah, it, at that age, you were like, Oh my God, yes, I'm not, I'm going to take it. And they gave me an offer in May upon graduating. And that was like, I had never seen that kind of salary before or like that, number attached to my name and I was like oh yeah 100% and I was fortunate enough that the leadership I worked for they kind of let me create my role they let me kind of decide like you know what I wanted to do and they had confidence in that I would still deliver on the responsibilities that I had so I was kind of lucky at that time to know that even in me accepting that role and saying, Hey, I'm going to take a more corporate job than, you know, an arts or creative job. I have that flexibility in my role to be able to kind of put that creative touch on the things I, I, I did and make a decent salary. So that was the deciding factor at the time. Yeah. I would say it's definitely changed that. <laughs> so kind of want to switch gears a little bit. Yeah. And I want to know, when did you decide that you wanted to start monetizing your work, your artwork? Yeah, I honestly didn't want to. Ah. I didn't want to at first. I So when I was working for Artists for Humanity and doing murals with them, um, I had never like made any money off of my work. Like, I was just producing work for the organization. And obviously I was being paid, you know, hourly um, to do the murals and whatnot, which was awesome, but I wasn't getting paid by anyone to produce art. And then in college, when I started doing work on my own was when people really started reaching out to me and saying, hey, can you do a piece for me? Hey, I would really like this. And I was like, oh man, yeah, I would love to do that. And I would love to practice, you know, like when people were giving me, ideas and subjects I was like oh this is great this is an opportunity for me to practice but then I would do the piece and people were like okay so how much do I owe you and I'm like oh man I don't know I'm like you're my friend and like I know you 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 know you're making as much as me or you know I know it's a struggle I'm like I don't want to charge you anything and I'm like oh that conversation gets super awkward and then I had talked to my other artist friends and they're like you need to be charging like this is your time this is your effort this is you know you're 
you're buying the the paints and you're you know buying the canvas like you at least need to be charging for that and I'm like okay so I started off charging very little for my work and I was like oh yeah it's not a not a big deal and then um I think it was when I had my first gallery show and I was around people that were monetizing their work actively and had been doing so for years that I was like a light bulb went off and I said oh this could be a great side hustle to you know my day job um when was this when was your first uh, this was this was my junior year of college okay Mm -hmm. and how did you how did you come to that opportunity I actually had a friend in Boston that I had worked at Artists for Humanity with, AFH, um, who had done the the organization that uh, hosted the gallery show. They had done a show in Boston and my friend was a part of it and she had recommended me for their show in Brooklyn. So um, yeah, it was through my network, which was really cool. That's awesome. That's really awesome. How, like, do you feel at this point in your life that you know, like, what your driving force or your driving purpose is? Mm -hmm. And if you do, how do you feel like both parts of your life fuel that? Um, or, or, or maybe, maybe it's the other way. Maybe your, your purpose is fueling those two parts. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I'd love to like explore that. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like <laughs> I would say, you know, someone would tell you, yes, I'm still in touch with my purpose now. And then 10 years from now, their purpose changes. Totally. I think, yeah, I think your purpose kind of changes with your experience and you could ex- you could go through a dramatic event and suddenly your purpose changes or suddenly yeah. you become more dedicated to something else. I think right now I was, when I moved to London, I worked for City, um, and people were like, oh man, you're going into finance. Like, that's crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're so different from that. And I was working in London too. So it was like, like everyone was dressed like to the par, like super corporate. And I was so lucky that I ended up working under the creative director of the um, global marketing organization. And my sole job was to make the bank more creative. Like my job was literally to produce like visuals that made the bank appear more forward thinking. I like worked on event uh event detailing I got to work on um their like publications I got to work on their videos I got to go to um art galleries and pick out art that we wanted to be at events I got to pick out framing for um portraits I got to work with artists to get portraits created for some of the most famous people in the world and it was like oh my gosh (laughs) this all makes sense to me so I was lucky that like last year was when it kind of solidified that I could do, I could take my experience in my background in corporate and I could do both. Like I really could, could do both. And now I feel like I have a clear idea of what it is I want to do. And I want to do more, um, brand and, and creative visuals, um, 
really instead of working with just one company, working across you know different clients and helping them kind of tell their story through um, their visual identity. So I think I have found it for now, but I don't I don't know if that's gonna change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, I feel like that's always been there for you, right? Yeah. Like, deep down and I think when we're like young in college like you really don't know what's out there like you have no idea mm. the opportunities because you don't know what you don't know right like it's like yeah you just don't know so it's it's refreshing I think for any listener who's like younger to be like okay like this is the process you just have a general idea and then you start making moves to see how to sort of like carve that out and I think Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you did you literally did that you know and also not being afraid I think one of the funnier things I think I experienced as I got older was I couldn't hide this identity of myself like I like walked into any room and you've got this big blonde hair quirky outfit red lipstick and it was like oh does she really belong in this nine to five office like and and no I didn't I probably didn't but I did the work and I did a good job and um people took to it you know and it you don't need I think a lot of people think like oh to, to work in corporate um you need to fit this mold and it's changing. I think we're approaching like a creative economy where, you know, especially in the tech space, things are more flexible and they're really looking for, they don't, they don't want someone who has that like solid, I did this, I did that. I worked in this. They're looking at, okay, what is the content you produced? What's different about you? How are you thinking outside of the box? They, I mean, the resume matters, but I guess what I'm trying to say is don't think that the non-traditional version of yourself wouldn't be accepted Um, because if you prove yourself and if you, you know, are dedicated to whatever it is that you're passionate about, the opportunities will come. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So in your journey, what challenges have you faced whether that's, you know, on the corporate side or the um, artist side or both or balancing both? Yeah. So when I was um, first starting to monetize my work, I kind of had told everyone, yeah, tell me your commissions. What is it that you want me to do? What, what, what can I paint for you? And I had people reaching out to me left and right saying, like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And I had like this list of of subjects I needed to paint and deadlines of when people wanted it by. And I found myself like dreading the idea of painting because I knew I had to paint something for someone by X date and it was no longer fun to, for me. And so I found myself just avoiding it in totality, especially because, you know, you're more limited in your day when you're, you're working nine to five and then you only have the evenings or the weekends to do it. And then by that point, on the weekends, you want to go have a social life. You don't want to be painting like a loner. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do any of this. I like decided to tell everyone like, Hey, I know you asked me, you know, for a piece, but here's where I am. Um, I hope you respect it. I will be doing pieces on my own time of things that I want to do and you're welcome to purchase them. But I, you know, I found that I'm, I'm not capable of doing that right now. And 
I want to deliver something I'm proud of. And I don't want to just give something to you that I felt pressured to do. So I was able to kind of set that boundary to, for myself, even though I was, I felt really bad about it and I didn't want to, I, I did. And then, um, I would say I just recently started doing commissions again, and it's a lot easier for me now to kind of decide to set clear like deadlines with people like, Hey, I know you've reached out to me. I know you want this piece. I will say no, if I don't want to do it. And I will say yes, if I, if I do want to do it. And I will also give you, you know, a timeline of saying, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to tell me you need this by the end of the month. I will tell you, I can get it done by X date. And I think it was just me kind of learning those boundaries because I needed a balance. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, so. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, I think it can be very hard to yeah. <laughs> boundaries in general. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, it comes with experience of like, you know, I genuinely cannot do this at this, yeah. at this point. So that's like great that you were able to like now do that and set it up mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, ahead of time, this is what I'm doing. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. Yeah. And um, and prints too. Prints were a big thing. Yeah. Um, and I think, oh, I won't mention it here, but Nathan, you remember Nathan? Yeah. Nathan had actually approached me like back in college and was like, hey, I would love to produce prints of your work. Like, and he had this website going for, he had some arts organization that he had started and he was like, I would love to produce prints. And I'm like, I'm not doing prints. I don't like prints. I don't want to do prints. I just want to do these single pieces. At the time I was super naive because prints are such a great way to, for you to share your art. And I didn't comprehend at the time that, you know, prints wouldn't invalidate the original piece that I did. And so now I've even opened up to prints. And so it's a learning experience. It really is. And it takes you kind of, um, approaching it yourself and figuring out for yourself like what you can and cannot do and also like um don't don't be afraid of the journey like be okay with the learning you don't have to know everything immediately and I'm still learning um yeah 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 so that's a perfect segue because I want to talk about like you know just what keeps you like life curious like it doesn't even have to do with what makes you money but like in general if it does have to do with well, making money, <laughs> yes, of course, include that. But sort of like, what do you, what, what keep, what fuels that? What keeps like you just curious about life and learning and uh, and just taking in the things around you to grow? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the people I surround myself with mm-hmm. and my friends. Um, motivating me every day watching them you know pursue their creative endeavors and watching them succeed um also like I'm like a huge museum junkie I'm like super into um I do I read a lot of like artist biographies Mm. and their journeys and Mm. I kind of compare it to my life and I'm like okay keep going like like you're Van Gogh oh he was mentally ill and he kept going and he painted until his death I think you can keep going like (laughs) I I have those conversations with myself and I'm like oh it, it keeps me curious it keeps me like on my toes when I think about like 
some artists like even Frida thinking about, you know, her journey and her being, you know, bedridden and she's just spent that time painting. And I'm like, even if like I tell myself, well, I've had a long day, I, I can't, I can't go do this work or I don't, I'm incapable of painting this weekend. I just like think about everyone around me and think about those before me. And it just keeps me on my toes and ready to keep going. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so nice. I love yeah. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we wrap up? No, I think um, for those listening, just, you know, your, your purpose doesn't, as I said earlier, your purpose doesn't need to be defined now. I think everyone's purpose is evolving and don't give up if you think that, you know, you've entered a, a career path that you don't necessarily want to be in, or you think it's too late to pivot or that you won't. And I think about this a lot all the time, like, you know, me working, if I ever wanted to go, you know, the creative route and work in an art gallery, I think about, oh, that might be a struggle because my resume doesn't say that I'm capable of working in a gallery. Don't tell yourself that. You, there's always an opportunity to change. You can always pivot your career at any point you can be you know over the hill and still switch it up so um I think I I guess I'll leave you with the word mm-hmm. evolve yes. <laughs> evolve yeah. yeah and like this podcast stay life curious yes because that's stay how curious. you evolve that's how you yes. grow and that's how you how, that's how you continue building on on your initial like instincts of of what you need to do in this on this planet mm-hmm. you know yeah yay well thank yeah, you this has been so nice been this amazing. has been like helpful for me too it's super yes. healing I'm like, yes. oh, yeah. like i am doing the right things thank <laughs> you for agreeing to do this um where yes. can everybody find you um yeah social or yes um my instagram is the art of lioness l-y-o-n-e-s-s um and i also have a website um the art of lioness.com perfect and i'll put all of those things in the show notes i will also um link all of the organizations you mentioned oh uh, yes um, awesome so organizations can, yeah people can check those out as well okay awesome. yay Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so, so much for joining us today on our very first episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Emily's journey. If you love this episode and want to support, please subscribe or share Life Curious Women with your friends or leave us a review. All of these will help push the podcast forward. Talk to you next time. And make sure to stay curious.